Hello and welcome to the Holy Hour Podcast. It's the bi-weekly all-cure podcast. I'm Gavin and joined today by Chaz. How's it going, my man? It's going pretty well. How are you, Gavin? Oh, I'm doing just fine. We have a wonderful uh, episode for you guys out there today. We um, want to kick things off, though. We got a couple little tidbits and updates for you people out there on the cure front. Um, none of it pertains to the new album or <laughs> anything oh, like man. that. Sorry, but yeah. uh, we do have show vinyl is officially out as of this mm-hmm. week or today, I guess, is um, we record this. Day. Yeah, so for all you guys out there that didn't brave the, the record store day or were denied or whatever the reason, it sounds like it should be widely available now on straight up black vinyl. So, um, yeah, you're going to track that down, Chaz? We had talked about that. I mean, yeah, probably. No rush. But. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to get the picture up of it. Uh, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I don't know. it'll all be the same other than it's not a picture disc. Um, knowing them, they probably threw something extra in there cool for the black vinyl. Yeah, so. probably. <laughs> like, ah, curses. <laughs> but... Uh, I was hoping that it would pop up on, on digital too or something as the remastered with the full tracks and yeah. then, you know, the, the video and all the things. But I don't want to be one of those cure people that just gripe about what it doesn't have when you finally get something. So everybody out there that doesn't have that for your collection, go check it down. I feel like the picture disc one did get two thumbs up from me anyway. It was worth it and sounded great and uh, had those extra tracks and was cool. So... I recommend it for what it's worth. I'll Um, get it eventually. Yeah, so can't just have that be the the gaping hole in your billion (laughs) cure records. But the holidays are approaching. You can put it on the uh, old Christmas Christmas list. list. Yeah, my birthday's two weeks before. There you go, yeah. And it looks like as we're speaking, when this comes out, Riot Fest will be happening the day of. Mm -hmm. Everybody out there, if you're listening to this while you're waiting in a line for Riot Fest, Riot Fest, or uh, you're stuck in traffic, or you just hate all the bands leading up to the cure, and you're pouting off in a field somewhere. We're glad to keep you company, and uh, can't report on the festival yet because it's happening right now. But uh, you know, rest assured, we will cover it. Maybe even next week. I don't want to put the guy on the spot, but we do have a informant out in the crowd amongst you guys so, <laughs> so be on your best behavior he is watching and uh he's taking notes for us and hopefully we could get some kind of scoop to you very soon about what the hell could happen possibly at riot fest anything could happen i guess just opinion wise Chaz, do you think they're gonna stick to the songs of a uh, lost world format or are they just going to go back to full uh, i think mode? they'll probably play maybe one or two yeah. off the new off the well the new album or the newer songs and then probably you know just hits i think it'll just be uh their their classic festival yeah. thing like it'll be what like two hours maybe yeah, I think it was still there. close to it. They had the times blocked off recently. I did see in a post. I think it was two hours, but it wasn't the yeah. quite full 2.30, 2.45 or something that yeah. we got, but, but still pretty good chunks. Uh, I could see them, yeah, doing like a slightly condensed version of what we did, you know, but yeah, it would be weird doing, you know, 
end song and alone and stuff at a festival so maybe yeah, at this yeah, point you kind of yeah. have to open with alone still you know but uh yeah we'll see i think that's how they're gonna start it off and then they'll probably probably do like one more new newer song and then that'll be it so yeah because yeah, they're all pretty long yeah true. yeah i think they're all clocking in like at least over four to five minutes yeah so Cool deal. Well, I look forward to uh, seeing what happens and if anything crazy gets added to the set list or not. Um, so, yeah. And then I guess the reason that we are here today is because as of today, uh, four days ago, Happy birthday close to me, everyone's favorite fun pop song had its 38th birthday. And, uh, wow. We love anniversaries around here. So if there's ever a reason to celebrate, it's turning 38. Uh, what it's a glorious been divorced twice, has yeah. three different kids from two different yeah, marriages. it's getting up there, isn't it? <laughs> it still seems young in relation to my own life now. I'm like, oh, to be 38 <laughs> yeah, would be yeah. great. <laughs> Do you remember your 38th birthday? I can't uh, yeah, it was only four years ago, so it wasn't... Yeah. It was, you still uh, remember? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay, you kind of all run together now. Yeah, uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. Where I'm just like, anything after the 40th one, I'm like, what? I thought we stopped counting there, you know? Yeah. But, um, so still just a young, spry little song, 38, not even 40 yet. So uh, we figured we would celebrate it today with you guys and um, the good listeners out there. We got a few contributions. You guys have been super kind to, to share with us. And... Um, we hadn't done a song feature in a while, so I figured it'd yeah. be fun to kind of gush over a song, and the, the singles are always a fun place to start. So what do you say? Should we dive in? Yeah, get back to the regular format. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool deal. Well, let's start with the structure. We usually start with more casual j- jibber-jabber, but let's go into the actual structure of the song. It's um, a strange one, too, because it is, you know poppy it's got some darkness to it i guess there's only really one i'm sure there's other demos out there but the only officially released one on the deluxe is a studio demo so they pretty much had the whole format down i think by the time going into the studio at least it wasn't one that they were kind of making up on the spot it's very cool about head on the door is it's one of the few where it's all credited to robert not just the vocals or the lyrics and then he divides the music up as credit to everybody but that whole album is just straight up robert so as much as that cool bass line and shit you know i guess that came out of robert's head somewhere but simon executed it you know he's like i'm back (laughs) so uh i I think part like one thing that i actually really like about the song is like the hollow beat that it's got going on compared to everything else that the cure has done before that yeah uh it's got like that i don't know it doesn't have the power behind the drums but it's it's part of the the greatness of that song yeah so it is like because uh uh what am i uh in between days like that starts off with like kicking your head in with the drums and this one's just you know not like that but it still is poppy true yeah it does seem like the kind of song anytime i've recorded something like with a drum machine and stuff this is like the ideal scenario where Mm -hmm. all of it is very like 
you can see how he recorded, you know, the, the core structure and the idea at home with a little drum machine because mm -hmm. the drum beat's awesome and Boris really does make it come to life. But it is something when you listen to it, it is a very like drum machine robotic kind of mm -hmm. and everything's very linear, you know, and then it's just you pile the layers on with the cool little keyboard riffs and stuff. But uh, so, yeah, it's kind of the ideal scenario when you're sitting there just going, where's the song going to go? How do I... <laughs> keep adding stuff to this but keep yeah it. yeah so as far as like musically then you know like we're saying it is cool because it it does have like such a groove to it with the bass line over the drums and then you got just little plucky keyboard parts you know so it is i guess he was hinting at stuff yeah. like that through the singles and into the top you know but it is kind of crazy to think of like simon coming back into the band when last we saw him, he was like playing fucking cold and hanging garden and shit, you know? <laughs> so you wonder if they were just like, I mean, it really it wasn't that much time that had passed, you know? He must have been like, what the yeah. fuck are we doing now? What? Cool. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, they also got like sinking on yeah, the album. Yeah, there's and, definitely you know, nods so. to it all over him the door, but yeah. yeah, it must have been a little... Like, okay, cool. <laughs> I wonder if that was part of the makeup conversation they had at the bar or whatever. He's like, you know, every song doesn't have to be super sad. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I heard Let's Go to Bed. What's that bullshit you're into? I love cats. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not playing that fucking bass line. Are you yeah, fucking serious? I'm never playing that shit. <laughs> so. I, I it feel it felt like everything they kept adding on to the song, like and we'll go into like the remix, but like uh it just it just kept getting yeah. better. Like I feel like they could put a harp in there and it would just yeah, add yeah. to is. the poppiness and just be like another thing you're just like jamming along to True. um when it comes to this song. So, cuz I I feel like each instrument on this song is doing their own mm -hmm. thing but still in harmony and you can groove to the bass if you want to you can groove to the drums that silly little keyboard or the the horns or yeah. whatever so um and it, it adds like when you see it live it, it's just part of it Gee. so you can see some of the people going off on the horn section and some people <laughs> going off on the the drums yeah. and yeah, the vocals. So yeah, that's something we've um, talked about a lot, but maybe not recently quite as much. Was just one of my huge lows of the Cure is how well they layer everything, you know, and in different mm -hmm. ways, you know, because although through those dark era albums, they're still layered and cool stuff, you know, very moody. Yeah. But then the pop layering too of songs. This is kind of where we're starting to get the first full. Like you're saying, you really could just put any instrument going, dee, dee, dee. you know, there's almost like still room yeah. still floating everywhere. And like yeah. every little part, even the keyboard parts, there's like multiple just like, you know, like some ones are hanging. Mm -hmm. Then you got the plucky dee, 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 kind of things. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, none of it seems to step on. And, and you got the crowd. Like if you see it live, the crowd is doo, 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 <laughs> like going along with it. And so like it's. Every part of it, I think, like, I, I don't know. I think this is, like, the perfect Cure Pop song. Yeah. Um, and when they played it live, it was definitely one of the highlights yeah. of this last tour. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just, uh, I think there's so much individuality in the song um, where everybody's allowed to do something interesting. Right. 
You've got um, hand claps yeah, and so. shit. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Anything. <laughs> the, even like the, like we, we saw, didn't they do it at, um, oh, man. Didn't they do it acoustically? And uh, like there's more stuff on that, too. That's yeah, just for like, the greatest hits right. acoustic, it's on there. Yeah. yeah, you could probably add in some more percussion kind of shakers in the uh-huh. kind of things. <laughs> Triangles, cowbells. Who knows? But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're but really I, good. I, I feel like this, this song works in a way that the top doesn't where, yeah. where they're trying – all these different things but it doesn't coalesce into this w- one just pop masterpiece um that and maybe it's the drugs and the lack of uh influence <laughs> from other people and but like i i feel like everything that they tried to do on the top with like the weirdness actually comes through in a poppier outlet in this song um than the, than what they were going for before so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of it is just a lot of the sounds are keyboard sounds too. Mm-hmm. That was like one of his things was that he said the song kind of wrote itself. It came together with like the Yamaha DX7 emulator two, and he said that you know just having those cool sounds made it. Yeah. you know, like it like it wrote itself, like all the. <laughs> Yeah, and I, musician yeah. thing, but but the, I'm not uh, saying it's all going to be poppy, but like you saw some flashes with like the caterpillar, yeah, um, totally. on the top that you did that could have flowed through the entire album, right? Um, but it, I think it all got worked together, and this is kind of the end product that we get, which I'm, yeah. I'm completely okay with. So totally, yeah, and that's what I was like circling back around to was the idea that it's the top, you know, for lack of better terms, with the more diverse instrumentation mm-hmm. or worldly, however, you know, like if they kind of got away with that, away from that by using yeah. like these modern keyboards and shit. And I think it works a lot better, you know, cause you know, I still blame a lot of the Susie influence for that, or they would have mm-hmm. like done close to me with like steel drums or, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you swap out some of these keyboard riffs <laughs> with some weird ass sitar or some shit, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> which, you know, might've been cool still too, but it, I think it works a lot better, especially in like the mid eighties vibe, you know, just doing it all keyboards and stuff. So yeah, definitely a huge, a huge part of it. Yeah. Cause yeah, so many of those, top songs even if you kind of just switched out the instruments and put you know that's probably why they work better live because it's usually yeah. just like a guitar or something yeah. in the <laughs> so yeah musically we're all on board should you know everybody should love a good poppy snappy hit like that the beat's cool like mm-hmm. we said and the bass line's red vocally and i guess lyrically we'll start with um because vocal performance kind of falls into production more but just lyrically it's awesome because this is I guess this whole album is just like peak happy, sad care, you yeah. know, where yep. you get this like super fun song. And then it's like, wow, this might be like up there with pornography lyrics as far as just depressing for me. Anyway, I always credit <laughs> this as like one of the most depressing lyrics of a song he's ever written, you know, but it's like, I guess cause it's not as like uh um, vague and stuff is like pornography dark you know uh-huh. or it's yeah. it's still pretty like relatable literal in a sense you know but just that opening line is 
fucking genius, you know, I've waited hours for this. I made myself so sick. I wish I stayed asleep today. That's like fucking anxiety, depression oh, in yeah. a nutshell, yeah. you know. I think we've all slow like, baseline behind that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean you really could just Pounding put drum. that to some super depressing, yeah. you know new song of theirs or something and it would have worked great you know but like putting it over yeah his uh robert's vocals in this and the way he plays around with with the breath and everything is is another way like his instrument in this where yeah uh it comes together again like where it, it did flash on the top but now it's it's yeah. uh, it, he finally has it down and where he'll go from now on mm-hmm. with the way he experiments with his vocals and and the pop sensibilities within it um which i absolutely love this song might i mean i was struggling with this before we pop before we jumped on if it this is the the perfect cure pop song and okay it's, yeah, yeah i usually yeah. ask right on the top of like where you even stand with that i mean is this a, a favorite then as far as the the pop jams for you i I mean, it's it's definitely with Just Like Heaven, but this is even poppier than Just Like Heaven. Yeah. It's up there with Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. And live, I would rather hear it than Boys Don't Cry. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, I feel like it falls in like those categories of like, you got like sad, darker cure or whatever. And then you got, you know, Just Like Heaven in, in between yeah. days and everything are kind of in those like, where you can, they're still just. They're not full on like feel, you know, like I almost yeah, just feel, categorize yeah, it yeah. now as like encore pop is like a, yeah. <laughs> is a category for them. And as far as all those songs go, it's definitely my favorite, I think, out yeah. of all the ones that I, you would put like, you know, Why Can't I Be You and Friday I'm in Love and stuff like that. And those, um, even yeah, Love Cats. Yeah, Below Friday I'm in Love, which probably would be their most poppy song. I, I can think like if you're yeah. just going by pop sensibility, I think it's probably their most poppy song. But I think this one just absolutely blows out of the water um, with like lyrically and just, I I feel like everybody's um, I don't know. It's just this rebirth uh, that they, that you see come out of this album, especially with this and in between days that I don't know, um, have more power to me than, than, maybe it's just the radio play. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Production value that, uh, Friday I'm in Love has over this song. Yeah. Um, there's like this quirkiness and, and weirdness to it that I absolutely love. Um, and Robert's vocals is right up there. And the reason, one of the reasons why the song works so well. Yeah. Because everybody does it. Right. <laughs> you're sitting in the car, you're going. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> which, which segues wonderfully into the third category of the song of the production and how it was recorded is huge for this song in mm-hmm. particular because I almost feel like live it's awesome and it's its own whole different thing almost. But then when you listen to the album studio versions of this song, it's almost like a completely, yeah, you know, different vibe and stuff because of that production was so cool and the way that they did it with the breaths track and everything and just you know, really his performance of it, you know, is like, cause we've seen it, you know, when he gets up there live, it's still fun. Cause you're in the moment and it's like a whole, he's just kind of shouting the lyrics almost a little bit more. And it's like, yeah, and everyone's clapping and, you know, live, it's like a whole different party vibe almost. But when you listen to the recording, it is really like, 
parties going on in another room and he's like huddled in the bed or something with the sheets over his head or something and like yeah yeah, felt like a um a gamble kind of production Uh approach you know where it was like this could work or it could make it really stupid and actually ended up working in favor of close to me for sure because it's like you know, just brings all that, you know, like he said a bunch of times in interviews, the claustrophobic atmosphere of the mm-hmm. song. And, and uh, even David Allen's mentioned a bunch of times the um, claps. It's one of those weird rarities for The Cure where there isn't tons of reverb on it. Yeah. And he's saying that it makes it feel more when there's no reverb, very claustrophobic. And, and the mics, even on his voice, there's hardly ever any reverb. It's like you're in a tiny little room with mm. him. So it does feel like he's in the wardrobe even before that idea probably even came to be, you know? So, and the claps are very, and don't have any, yeah. you know, huge boom to it by any means uh it's pretty rad and and definitely psychologically works wonderfully it's uh genius the man's a genius <laughs> but um robert yes, was yeah. definitely on board with it too so it's hard to say whose ideas were what with what when it came time to to record and yeah uh, there was a funny little article i'd sent out too where uh the focus of it was the song that the cure almost abandoned you know like on one of those borderline clickbait cure things you see yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, i thought i'd share that with everybody too it was kind of cool because i guess you don't really hear that too much about this but um i'll skip the first part of the article here but it says a quote from robert it's weird because of all the songs we've written close to me doesn't spring to mind as one of our best songs it was a slightly surreal moment on the record on the record and it wasn't even a definite album track during the recording Smith only learned to love the song when he amended some of the production elements. It was only when I did the vocal and got really extreme on the production, making it really claustrophobic sounding, that it came to life, he said. Up till that point, it was average. So, <laughs> so he definitely seems to be in that dream. <laughs> yeah. What was this, 97? <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, that's the problem with these articles, too. I don't know if he said this at the time or way later, you know. So yeah. And he just, might not even know what song he's talking about. True. <laughs> Close to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> From the top. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so, yeah, it said he did, uh, Smith made amendments to the lyrics. The song, uh, contrary to its upbeat sound, is about the doom and gloom inside Smith's mind. Opening with, I've waited hours for this. I've made myself so sick. I wish I stayed asleep today. Initially, the lyrics were different, Smith recalls. At the last minute, I sang these words that I had left over. I didn't think there was anything musically that worked with those words. The words were actually about the sense of impending doom that I used to get. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, he did have more of a, a depressed approach to that, I guess, and it just fit over this pop song, which works wonderfully. So, <laughs> wonder what the original lyrics were. Yeah, I laid in my shit all day. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, And he said, while writing the album, he found himself recalling these horrible nightmarish visions uh, and used them for the lyrics of Close to Me. Suddenly the song fell into place, Smith recalls. At the last minute, I tried singing them over the jaunty bass line and drum pattern, and it just clicked. The song became not just an album track, but a single, accompanied by an equally claustrophobic music video directed by Tim Pope. And uh, the video has quite a big impact, too. I suggested to Tim 
doing it in a wardrobe on top of a cliff because of the uncomfortable feeling, and I think that cemented it in Cure Canon. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we'll get into the video in a minute here, but uh, I guess as far as the lyrics too, aside from just that opening line that everybody loves, the whole, it's as close to the title track for Head on the Door as possible, mm -hmm. and going into the... The, the thing he said in dreams of or uh, in interviews how it was a dream about like a severed head or some shit on his door he used to imagine or think he saw at night as a little kid still not really sure what he's getting at with that but uh <laughs> yeah I guess maybe that makes... weird thing that's on the cover yeah so uh you know, then you always associate that yeah was that part of it or what but uh so yeah I mean I guess head on the door that's about as close to describing that that nightmare as possible yeah. so. i always took it as like the anxiety you get in like putting your head uh, against the door and like nice. just like in anxiousness and like yeah, not yeah. knowing what to do and like wishing it was a dream yeah that actually makes more sense yeah, yeah. that's what <laughs> I, just, I took from yeah, it yeah i guess he says you know just staring at the door from his bed i always figured there was yeah. more distance between him and the door <laughs> but uh could be the mary and him had a like the baby that was left on their doorstep you, sure. you never know <laughs> that's what did it <laughs> <laughs> yes how many babies did they leave <laughs> oh yes this goes back to 1985 <laughs> um so yeah uh definitely a cool one and uh and just pretty rad that the production can be a huge, you know, just goes to mm -hmm. show out there that you can save a song in, in production too. So, um, I'd like, yeah, to I, I don't know if I necessarily believe it, but it's, yeah. you know, you kind of, you always take Robert with a grain of salt, just, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. Did, 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 uh, David Allen say anything about that? About the production? Yeah. Saving it? Uh, he yeah. always just kind of reference it, how they did cool stuff on it. You know, yeah. so that, but, um, but yeah, it almost seems like there would be more original takes in the studio outtakes, and maybe there are that we just haven't heard of them just yeah. kind of playing it straight like they do live without, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I would need I to hear another we, version of it, like where it didn't click as well. Yeah, exactly. Get, get down with I'm that. I'm sure they so. tried it, but yeah, I'm assuming it would have been just like how they do it live, where it was just a little less kind of cool and creepy vibe to it yeah, you know yeah. so um so yeah but makes sense so. yeah whatever yeah let's move <laughs> on <laughs> i like i mean it's a good idea it's it's like uh it's like one of those uh, romantic ideas of yeah, like it barely made it on the yeah. album but now it's our <laughs> best song and it's just like okay because new day cool. was gonna top it off there yeah. They're like, <laughs> it's like but somehow exploding boy still just wasn't good enough to make sure. <laughs> whatever you say man yeah um either way it did get released and like they said as a single so it was released mm -hmm. on september 13th 1985 the second and final single from the head on the door which is still kind of crazy that it was only you know two singles off that album but um yeah yeah just kind of how it was i guess but um <laughs> back in the days <laughs> 
I had a whole rant written out about that. I was like, well, I guess just in the old days, you would just have one song off a... And I was like, wait, like, Thriller had like five fucking singles. Well, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's the extreme example, of course. I mean, granted, this is our Thriller, but I mean, just it's it's not the same. All these are singles. Kyoto song should have been a single. (laughs) Well, we'll disagree on that one, but I think Six Different Ways and Push definitely could have been singles off of that. And even A Night Like This could have been... Yeah, um, it was kind of the thought, honorary single, I guess. Yeah, I think there's one, two, three, four, five, maybe six singles on that album that yeah. they could have gone with, other than maybe the blood, uh, <laughs> baby scream, screw, and sinking. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But this one definitely got the cut, and um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of one of the cool parts about this song. Like you said. You can keep adding things to it. You can keep taking things away from it, which leads to multiple versions of this song floating around out there. And then all the, you know, to newer fans or, you know, in history, a lot of times it gets scrambled in your brain that you forget the whole album version, for starters, doesn't even have any sax or brass of any sort on it, which is kind of crazy when you think of it. You just kind of always identify that to this song. And, uh... Doesn't have any of that in there. So the original album version is about 3 minutes, 23 seconds, with no brass or sax, I guess, is the <laughs> specific brass on there. Um, the 7-inch, so then you put out the single, and this is pretty standard for most of their stuff. We'll have a slightly extended version for the yeah. single mix. Uh, this one opens with the squeaking door, as far as everything I could tell. like um, Which is on the video. Yeah, so I don't know if they worked that into the video because of that, yeah. or if they just or had already made the video by that point. So they're like, that's cool, because sometimes songs will do that. They'll take something yeah. else from the video. and um, But yeah, it opens with a squeaky door and does have a lot of saxophone. Hell doing yeah. Doing the whole... And of course, the 12-inch extended version... Six minutes, 35 seconds, which I believe is the same one that's on disc two of the mixed up reissue. So I think so. And that one's very brass heavy. It even opens with the whole kind of flurry of the the solo part of the... Yeah. Yeah, which, yeah. Which almost feels still like a great just... song. Still, <laughs> yeah. still enjoyable. A little much, but still, like I wouldn't. Yeah, that I one's mean, not not terrible considering. It. I almost thought maybe they're just getting it out of the way at that point, putting it up front, all the big solo but, part. But then it comes back to it with like an almost alt sax solo too. So um, this is this is the song that I feel like it could have been connected to the top. Yeah, where it could have been like where you said robert changed everything i could see this like being like if that story was true like this version kind of being part of that thing where it's just, it just doesn't really work yeah <laughs> like, it's way too fun for this album yeah yeah so um, let's let's scale it back a little bit so quite notice it but the when you play the video even at the end of that which would be the seven inch version i guess mm-hmm. that has the saxo and stuff that has like a weird kind of delay on the end even so it's almost like a whole nother mix for that even i gotta drag it Bigger out delay yeah, yeah i didn't really dig in enough to <laughs> to figure that out but uh pretty cool they credit the rent party is the people that played the brass section sure. whoever this group is or gang of 
but they're credited um, as playing the horns or sax, I guess. Um, got a second single release later on in October for Mixed Up, October 1990 to be exact. Um, so that was kind of a big deal because it, it was a single remix. Uh, we had never enough for Mixed Up, but then they actually released one of the remixes as an actual single again. Mm-hmm. So a whole new mix. This was the Closer mix. And um, the closest mix was the re-extended one that came out on the single for that one. Uh, remixed by Paul Oakenfold, who does, a, you know, multiple remixes for The Cure and electronic yeah. stuff. But, um... Yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah it's, it's not as crazy as I am about mixed up. I feel like this one does work really good, though. I like the remix yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, I think it's got kind of a... Almost slows it down with like a... Um, you know, and I guess I was reading through the mixed up liner notes where they had them. It was 1990s. So they had like a make a kind of conscious effort to not make every beat kind of like a baggy, you know, mm-hmm. that vibe that was going on around the time where everything was like. <laughs> and this one definitely does have that, but it works. It makes it kind of chill while still grooving, you know, and uh, so I like it. I can see how this was the one they picked to be the re-release over yeah. all the other ones um, on Mixed Up. But, um, you know, kind of feel like if you like the song by that point, you like it either way or you don't like it either way. It's not going to win you over. But out of all the ones on Mixed Up that I've done on, like, mixes for people or anything, this is probably the most... The like, one that makes it. One that I'd put this version sometimes yeah. instead of, you know, and it feels kind of cool and different. But, uh so yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> uh, before we get into the charts and the video of it, Quad Puss single deserves yep. a mention because there's a the 12-inch version is on that. And uh, maybe you got some more insight to what exactly this was, but it, I guess just kind of a... One of the only cure tattoos I have, sadly, which is, is the Quad Puss right there. Yeah, it's so, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I always associated that with like a extended kind of close to me single, but if anything, it's kind of more of the honorary almost a night like this single, right? Because I feel like yeah, it's got I it's night like this is the lead off track on it. I I always kind of put it as like a I don't know like a teaser almost for that album, but not really. I don't know. It's, yeah. And it came out last, though, so after that yeah. one, right? So I almost wonder if it was like a festival thing. I remember hearing sometimes, like, to get in on festivals, you had to put something in that year, you know? So it was almost mm. like maybe they were stretching out another promotion kind of thing or just extending because uh, the popularity probably of the of this breakthrough album kind of started to catch on a little bit more, and they're like, "Shit, we're out of singles. Let's put this out." As yeah, like that's a, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of is that they were like, "We don't want to do another single with this album. We're moving on." You know, they, we have this yeah. massive world tour, and we're moving on to our next album, and let's just put this out. It really doesn't make any sense. No, um, yeah, that's why I would be curious to investigate. It's really rad. Me. Yeah, it's yeah, it's even before yeah. uh, standing on a beach and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. not like it was to promote that necessarily. But that it does make sense of maybe that's why they made the a night like this video because I've always been confused. Like, why the fuck did they make a video for that if it wasn't a single? Yeah, maybe it was because when they were putting this out, they were like, well, let's throw the video out too. So why not just make it in a night like this single too? So maybe. 
that's the secret ingredient. But it has New Day on it and the 12-inch version of Close to Me and Man Inside My Mouth, which also leads us to the B-sides of the actual single. So it is just kind of like all the singles combined together. Yeah, I don't... I, I Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but at the same time, I mean, th- there is a version of A Night Like This uh, single. Um, I know I have it, uh, and it's just, uh, just it's a 12-inch. Huh. Um, but, it, I mean, it's hard to find. In a way, I think it was kind of like the blood where it's like... Not not that like, rare, but a single. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God damn! <laughs> but it's never included with actual single listings. No, and it's stuff, not. So it's yeah. weird. But. Yeah, um, I think it was only released in the U.S. Uh, it might be you. Yeah, it was only released in the U.S. Um, okay. So I don't huh. understand. I, I would like to sit down and talk to somebody if they give us answers yeah, on, maybe on that. That's a but, feature episode right there. The quad puss single. <laughs> yeah, and what it's. <laughs> I mean, it, it's definitely, I think, one of their, I mean, if you're going to put singles together, it's definitely one of their best. Yeah, if, if you're a, counting it as a single, it's got uh, A Night Like This and Quad Puss and Stop Dead. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's different versions of it, too, because I have yeah, a list yeah. of, like, A Night Like This, New Day. Close well, that's to the me. thing. Like, the, the, the 10-inch version... <laughs> which is which is only available in the UK is called half an octopus, right? And but it, it only has close to me on it. It doesn't have a night like this. It has close to me the seven inch version, a man inside my mouth, a new a uh, new day, and stop dead. So it doesn't even have a night like this on it. Weird. So it's yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> I have I, like I've never understood it, and it's one of those things that like I've whenever I see it, I buy it. Yeah. Um. So it's just. It's just one of those weird things that because they switch it up on the 12 inch version, they put the close to me 12 inch mix on it and take the seven inch off of there. Yeah. So it like (laughs) no clue. It was like every country got a different version of quad bus, I guess. No, that's the U.S. version, too. That's the U.S. one, too. Weird. Yeah. (laughs) It makes no fucking sense whatsoever. So I don't get it. Whatever they wanted to do. But yeah, yeah, it's it's. It's kind of unhinged, but at the same time, it, it works. But it's just, uh, it doesn't make any sense for the single version if you're going with that for a night like this. But it, it doesn't fall in line with a production, like a uh, promotional tool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. Even a quad yeah. puss doesn't really yeah. make much sense. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have any insight to this? Please hit us up. I would love yeah. to know. That was uh, our side is, episode yeah. of uh, quad puss. The <laughs> yeah, as you can tell, I love it. I mean, it's like like I mean, I have a ton of tattoos, but it's like the only cure one I have. So, uh. Um, which I'll change eventually. But yeah, it's uh. it's one of my favorites. Cool. Yeah, one of my favorite T-shirts too. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Why I made it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's go back to the actual single of Close to Me and its chart success or lack of, I guess, is always fun to to transport back to 1985 and the radios. It did the best in Australia, peaking at number seven on the pop charts. In the UK, it made it to uh, to, uh, 24, so not breaking the top 20. No. Uh, the 1990 remix did better. It made it to number 13. In the U.S., it didn't even chart. Close to Maybe that's just... why they did that, though. Yeah, that's the only thing like I think give it another is... chance or something. <sighs> Especially because, yeah, having like those other great songs and they 
it was breaking through with college radio and stuff. So maybe, I don't yeah, know. maybe. But it, it that what was I'm trying to think. What did uh, in between days chart? Uh, it was. I don't think it was top twenty. Even I think it was okay. Like, 40 or something. But it did, it did but chart. It charted, yeah. Or maybe not even. I don't know. That's so weird with the U.S. chart stuff. I'd have to look it up again. But um, it did chart on the dance club songs in the U.S. at number 32. Okay. So dance club songs. <laughs> the categories were a lot more like straightforward in the U.S. back in the 80s, too. So yeah. it was just like the top chart or whatever. So I think this was probably even weird that they started bringing out a dance club songs, you know, but... Um, it did... Uh, in Between Days was 99 on the Billboard ooh, Hot 100. So it in. barely squeaked in there. <laughs> so, yeah. And they were... that. Ooh. It was 39th on the Hot Dance Club Party okay. um, chart. So I guess that's interesting, but yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, by 1990, of course, they uh, would do better with the remix version. Did chart in the U.S. on the straight up Billboard 100, it, but yep. it was 97, <laughs> so it still didn't really <laughs> blow anybody away in the on the pop charts. But people, of course, we all know we're we're listening to the shit out of this everywhere. All the cool people we're listening to. Um, so yeah, broke the top 20 in France at number 17, Ireland 19, and Netherlands was number 16. Ooh. So they all know what's going on. Head of the curve. And like we said, the video is a big deal for this one. Uh, Tim Pope directed a chorus. This is kind of Tim Pope at his like, peak of awesomeness. Just can't do anything wrong, I think, for the care at this point. He's just cranking out all these awesome videos and... Um, the exterior shots were filmed at Beachy Head. Some of the leftover footage from the Close to Me video was what they used for the Just Like Heaven video, actually, mm. when, they, when you see the actual real <laughs> cliff. <laughs> so it's kind of cool that it was like stock footage or whatever leftover that he just, <laughs> I don't want to go back. <laughs> but like Robert <laughs> said, they had the band in the wardrobe on the cliff. They're playing combs, clapping, mini keyboards. Robert's got little voodoo dolls or finger puppets, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> and uh, he starts shaking them about. And I guess that's what causes the wardrobe to fall <laughs> off the, the cliff. Into the sea, where Robert said uh, it slowly fills with extremely cold water, yeah. making for a miserable filming experience, but arguably one of their coolest videos, I think. So um, I remember being really blown away by it as a kid seeing it. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> but, uh, I, I definitely like In Between Days music video more Yeah. Um, if we're comparing singles. Uh, yeah. But this one is definitely... Definitely memorable, and uh, you get uh, lol getting stuff all over his face Drunk, in it. Smothered in, <laughs> smothered in polyester shirts. And- yeah, but just like <laughs> this, uh, reading about the making of the video where Tim Pope like lowered the the uh, thing that they were in into water. And yeah. like Robert thought he was gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> like cool. Yeah, you would think it was like the apocalypse now of videos or something. The way they both describe how like it's like doesn't look like you're having a great time, but uh, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I guess it's up there with the other encore whimsical fun cure videos. I think it's you know works better than even Love Cats and Why Can't I Be You for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, so as far as fun goofy cure, it, it captures it pretty wonderfully and then uh the remix one takes it to the next level 
I don't know yep. if, uh, if you have a preference of the two, but I, I think they work well together as the sequel, where it sinks to the bottom. Song-wise or video-wise? Uh, video-wise. Do you have Do a you preference, preference song-wise? Um, while I like the mixed up, like I was saying, I still would go with the album the original. Version, I think, yeah, definitely. But um, which one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I gotta go less sax all the time. But uh, yeah, you know, like I said, yeah. it all works. But uh, right. video, I don't know. Um, I think I like the original just because it's like any sequel where you can't really yeah. have that without the original. But it, I think they did great with it. Just cool. I still love like just the camera technique of it swaying to make it look like it's like got like a few clicks into slow-mo yeah. but it's not yeah. you know so it looks like they're underwater there's just all kinds of shit tied to like fishing poles and dangling in front of them that looks like it's swimming around them and it's pretty pretty clever in like a peewee's playhouse kind of way and stuff oh absolutely yeah <laughs> so. i i i i think this i like the quirkiness of the second video a lot yeah. And like the fighting of the like the sea monster, like the the starfish and yeah. the octopus, and I like to imagine if Lol was still in the band, then they would have had him in one of those costumes. Yeah, I remember as a kid, even just time. like really looking close to see. And it's like, well, maybe they brought him back just to put him in the costume. <laughs> <laughs> Cause yeah, if yeah anyone's, but, uh, for continuity, it doesn't quite hold up. Somehow, Lowell magically turns into Perry as the cliffs, as the wardrobe's going over the cliff, and Robert's yeah. shirt changes. So something happens <laughs> when they hit the the water for sure. But um, you know, it's cool. It definitely captures that era of Cure wonderfully. So. Yeah, I just I wanted to add in here that uh, I had to look it up real quick because I was pretty sure, but the the movie. Son of Rambo, uh, uh-huh. R-A-M-B-O-W, uh, used the remix version in the on the soundtrack. Okay, um, cool. In a, in a scene. So uh, if you haven't seen that movie, it's awesome. It's funny and it's heartwarming. So yeah. definitely yeah. go see it. So great soundtrack too. Excellent. Yeah, I feel like it was used in quite a few when we did the whole movie and yeah. TV show. Definitely. I think it's one of my favorite uses of their songs in a movie. Um, cool. So, yeah. Thanks, Just right. in the background, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always probably the best way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Let's see. Um, so, yeah, all of them pretty excellent in their own right, but um, worth a watch if you somehow haven't seen those videos. So I guess the other, other topic is live with this. We touched on it earlier. Um, but it kind of becomes a whole other thing live versus um, the studio recording based on the production and stuff. But it's pretty common, uh, you know, yeah. if you really love Close to Me, there's a real good chance that you'll see it at a live show. Uh, probably even playing it right now as we speak at the Riot Fest. But, uh, <laughs> I see you added that to the notes. You're yes. Just <laughs> now everybody's going to be mad at you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, at the time, so 661 times, according to uh, setlist.fm, that it's been played live. So it'll be 662 if they're playing it tonight at the Riot Fest. And uh, usually is included in the feel-good encore portion of the show. Um Trying to think of the times when it was just lumped in the middle. Even going back to Head on the Door tour, I don't remember where they put it exactly, but uh, 
does seem like a good one. You'd want to just go out on a good feeling, put it near the end. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, oddly enough, played the most in 1989 on the Prayer Tour. <laughs> when you look That's at surprising. the little diagram, <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. So after they finish uh, Same Deep Water as You, they just go straight into Close to Me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, wow. and that tour and uh, the, the most recent one, they played it every night at the European and North American Leagues mm-hmm. of the songs of a lost world so i guess when it is like a heavier mood you know it's good to snap everybody out or it could be that those tours just had maybe more shows than the average cure tour even i don't know maybe i just say i yeah it's perfect i just i would like i said like i would rather hear it than boys don't cry but like i would even almost rather have it at the end as the final song yeah Um, i think that that drum that drum at the end of it just like ends with a thank you good night yeah (laughs) so yeah um during the dream tour though they played it zero times so i guess that negates my sad album (laughs) theory (laughs) so they didn't play it all in 2000 and only two times in 2001 so we're too sad for this too sad even for that so uh so we did have a contribution that kind of fits into the live talk. So I guess I'll read that one with you if you want to hear it, Chaz, yeah, from our, our Patreon. And good buddy Tom Johnson wrote, Hey, Gavin, my thoughts on the classic Cure pop song. First time I ever heard Close to Me was on the Paris live cassette. So, And I did believe it closes that one out, like you're saying. So that's a good yeah. closer on Paris. Um, it was the second album I had bought after Wild Mood Swings in 96. I think the Paris version of Close to Me is probably still my favorite live rendition and still sounds awesome to this day. Um, I love the crowd interactions and you can hear going on throughout. It elevates the performance and you can almost close your eyes and visualize the performance going on as you listen. I love it. I have to give a shout out to the Close to Me in Orange performance as well with Robert dancing around on the stage and the image of him in that gray suit getting splashed with water or beer is still etched into my memory. Such a playful performance that I used to love to watch over and over. The performance of Close to Me in Rio 96 is also a notable one for a very drunk Robert holding a camera up to the crowd and wearing a Brazil football shirt. More of a rambling version of that song, but still fascinating. Fast forward to a more recent times, if you can call it recent, I went to a few dates in South America uh, in the tour of 2013. I have a vivid memory of Close to Me being played at River Plate Stadium in Argentina and the crowd going absolutely wild to the song in particular, singing along with the keyboard parts it's oh, yeah. possibly the most playful song in their repertoire as a pop song. It holds up very well to this day. Cheers, Tom. So yeah, lots of good points there. Um, like we said, Tom, I nodded my head along to that whole entire thing. <laughs> yes. I, I, yeah, even your yeah. points about the. I, I don't think I've ever seen the Rio one, but the um, the in orange and the Paris are beautiful and and perfect and. Yeah. These last 2023, this last tour, um, it was definitely one of the most enjoyable songs for me. Um, It got played every night, and it's just like, I don't know if it's Perry being up there or the fact that Reeves is finally, like, in the band now and, like, 
uh, it just comes across just perfectly. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to hear a recorded version, um, like a professional one, yeah. um, of this last tour, uh, just so I could hear that song again. So yeah, they definitely nailed it, and he'd be bopping around on each side the of the crowd. stage, and the crowd is just <laughs> yeah, totally into it. Like he's saying, you can, you know, and like we we're saying at the top of this, you can. You can hum along or clap along. You can sing along to any part, all the parts. You know, <laughs> it's pretty rad. Yeah, and, I mean, how many Cure songs do you get like crowd participation as part of the entertainment? It's like that, and play for today. It's yeah, uh, right. it's one of the few. Uh, just that all I can the think do do and bop bop bops are always yeah. fun. Just to sing along to you know. So yeah, it, it works. But great. I, I think that and play for today are the two of the ones where. The crowd is can, is part of the show, yeah. um, which is great. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And like you said, with that in orange one too early on, that one definitely sealed the deal in my memory yep. of it just being like him all tangled up in the mic cord and getting chased by the camera. And it's just like <laughs> oh, they are fun, you know. So. <laughs> and yeah, just all the weird little Robert noises is great. So I couldn't Happy agree said. more too. <laughs> yeah. So I guess just real quick, I, I don't want to rant too much about George <laughs> Michael, but I, I felt George like Michael joke. Michael or George Michael? <laughs> George Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Not from Arrested Development, but George Michael, the pop star. Um, it's weird. It seemed like for years I was the crazy man shaking his fist at the sky, you know? Like I always thought that was like, man, that song Faith is way too close to close to me. And uh, it drove me crazy because it's like got the exact same like <laughs> rhythm, you know, <laughs> and nobody ever mentioned it ever. And then like finally, and I wish I had written down where the hell I saw it. It was some interview. I forget what from it was a lot later. So I almost feel like it was like 2000 or something. Robert did just kind of like passive aggressively in passing or something was like a uh, well, you know, George Michael did rip off close to me, so haha, you know, and then just you know, didn't seem I, bitter yeah. or anything. But, but, you know, if you look it up, George Michael, Faith definitely came out a few, uh, let's see, did I write down the year? But it was later. Now I'm so. singing Faith like, gotta have Faith. And the fact that he's just saying Faith, too, you know, yeah. is like already a deal. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's odd, and I just was always more blown away that it, it never got even mentioned, but like the hand claps, because it's almost like yeah. the yep. rhythm and the hand claps and the guitar rhythm, but they use a different bass line. It's not the cool boom, 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 boom. It's just like, you know, which is kind of strange. Yeah, this but, isn't um, yeah, this isn't Vanilla Ice and, and Queen. Nah, yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen bands get sued and, and lose and win for a lot less, but at the very same time. Very true, very true. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think, uh, you know, Robert doesn't seem to get too bothered by that. I think he probably just yeah. has, he gets pissed in private about it, but isn't really the type to jump to the courtroom to settle things. But uh, and I don't it's, know. I just thought it was worth a mention. It's hard accusing other bands of stealing a beat. Yeah. Because there's only so many that you can have in this world, and it's like, yeah, that that's a that's okay. I understand that. Yeah, and then the clapping of hands, and as you go on, it kind of, and either can grow off of that, or you know, with the baseline fall up, fall off of it. But yeah. um, George Michael, I I don't think got enough credit for 
being into the type of music that he was into and right. you know he was a big joy division fan and like all these other uh punk bands of that era and everything it's just he just did a different type of music yeah and uh which almost leads I'm, it more down that avenue but you still yeah. give him at least credit for liking the cure enough to like i'm sure he was, he was probably just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah on his like i have no doubt he was a humongous cure fan yeah and either on purpose or most likely just by osmosis and just like just yeah, absorbing yeah, yourself yeah. in the music world what do they say about uh you know imitation is the, the form of sincerest <laughs> form of flattery <laughs> yes, <yeah>. so but <laughs> yeah. i'm never going to hear faith ever ever again the same way yeah Thank so you. i thought i'd just ruin that for you and everybody <laughs> out there so <laughs> never crossed my mind man never really? never that's crazy so yeah that's nope. the only reason why i wanted to bring it up because i felt like i was crazy that i was always like god it's the same fucking rhythm man you know? no like, that's all i hear everybody's like yeah um, and if I guess if you got time for four quick Instagram comments, we'll go yeah. over a few that we got on that. One of them actually fits in that uh, rhythmic kind of idea. It was from Jeff Palmer on Instagram. He said, and he's a music teacher of some sort, Ooh. I'm assuming. said, I had a student show many years ago, and my students played this song, and the drummer started the song with a straight rock groove. Not the beat of close to me. <laughs> the drummer stopped and froze. I stood on the side of the stage and vocalized the beat to get him back on track. He continued to play the wrong beat, so I had to help the other students sing and play close to me to a completely different groove. Haven't chose that song since. <laughs> Drummer so was jamming see. his own shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, definitely feel sorry for Jeff there, but uh, I'm sure it still sounded cool just to hear kids rocking out in some form yeah. too close to me. But yeah, it is a very distinct rhythm, like you're saying. Um, I always use it for like the where you could tap the vibrate on your phone to a rhythm. You know, you can yeah. always do the. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah. You still feel it, you know, and um, it's pretty funny. And even uh, Henson played it for one of his talent shows there, but we just did it like with an acoustic guitar. So I had to kind of like play it more George Michael style, where it was like just to keep it in time for him to sing over. You know, it's kind of a strange rhythm like that, where you would think it's. Um, you know, more generic, but really it is pretty, pretty unique in, in that way. So yeah, I can see kids having trouble with that. <laughs> I'm hearing new metal beats in my head too with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess along those lines, it is one that I've cited with all the cover episodes yeah. we've done. It's a tough one to pull off. It's very like, you can do it. And, you know, you either just end up like at best mimicking the cure, you know, or yeah. they try to rearrange it. I remember that was one I hated real bad. It made me not like dismemberment plan for a long time. They're a big DC band. For yeah, I know. That. Yeah, I like that. Fucking them. Yeah. destroyed it on that tribute album. I was like, this is awful, man. You guys yeah. just shit all over that song. And, uh, um, so yeah, yeah this band, the get up, yeah, this band, the get up kids did it. And it's, it's, good but at the same time you're like you didn't you didn't really bring anything new to this yeah um which i think as if you're going to cover someone i i I, we've discussed this before either you're going to do a straight rip or you're going to put your own thing on it and i don't think they really did either um it definitely doesn't have the power of the original sound and it's just kind of like meh Okay, you're going to play right. this live just to get everybody out on their feet. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, best, like, I think, 
is like the safest way to cover it is to slow it down with like female vocals. Seems oh, like yeah. Little, you know, that's like, okay, hey. it's different, but, uh, but it's yeah. a dark song. Make it dark. Yeah. Most people don't, don't pull it off though. Um, Gabriel wrote, uh, just straightforward, the, the close to me, 1990 version and it's video is one of the best. So he agrees with that. Thomas says horns versus no horns extended versus the single edit closest versus the closer mix i love them all but if i had to pick just one i would go with the album version ah. <laughs> so he's with me both videos are fantastic i can remember listening to the head on the door for the first time on my yellow walkman and just being blown away by every song but in between days and close to me really stood out you can hear robert's rhythmic breathing panning around in stereo it's so good so yeah, another cool production note that we didn't quite tap onto is the way that the breathing track does bounce back and forth in your headphones yeah. when you're wearing them. And so, so he's all around. <laughs> so, very cool. I would love like a video of him just recording the breathing track too. That would have been so awesome to just witness. <laughs> yeah, I'm still a uh, a horn fan. Ska will never die inside of me. So. Okay, yeah, I guess we never... <laughs> Got you officially on the record for liking the, the horn version? Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and DM finally wrote, she says, it was one of the first songs of theirs that I had heard, and from memory, the first Cure video clip I had seen. It was the late 80s, and the clip freaked me out. I had a strong fear of drowning <laughs> back then after, Ooh, a, yeah. after a cousin of mine had played a trick on me in a swimming hole. So it was many years until I could watch that video clip again. So, wow. So there's a whole backstory there. But sorry, she had to <laughs> relive that trauma every time she watched the Close to Me video. Yeah, I guess that about wraps it up. We got uh, probably a few more contributions trickling in, so we might tack them on to the end here of the episode. But as far as final thoughts, Jez, uh, two thumbs um, up for Close to Me or? Great song, uh, top. If I'm gonna put it in poppy version, I'm, I'm, it's gonna be in the top three. I uh, and then, yeah, uh, I think every single time they've re, re-released it, redone it, um, it's come out relatively pretty good. I think, other than maybe the mixed up version, which is, yeah. it's not bad but it's it's definitely not the their best out of all of them but it's every single time they've they've knocked it out of the park um so and we'll get into the next episode of why what i love this song so much yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most yeah. archetypal cure song stay tuned yeah but, um, so. yeah so uh yeah I, I agree you know i'm fine with the mixed up version but i think i always just go for shorters better you know i don't think i need yeah i'll make cds seven minute version you're like yeah you're, oh man i really like this horn <laughs> section but i gotta Gotta cut it down to four minutes. Yeah, this, I, don't need, so, I don't need that yeah. sax solo three times in one song. I don't think, but uh, but it does work good. And um, you know, as much as I kind of don't like saxophones and shit, you know, this is up there with the a night like this where if, if it's yeah. gonna work, it, it works great on this. You know, I would still probably pick the one without it, but at the same time, it, it does work good. And it was 1985 after all. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's. But it's not as dated as it could have been. Nah. Um, yeah, so, I think it works yeah. way better than like the not like this solo or 
and it's not nearly as annoying as why can't I be you? I know I keep saying that, but yeah. <laughs> as far as like the fun, whimsical cure ones, this definitely is, you know, one I've never, I don't think I've ever been like, Ugh, not in the mood for close to me and Skip. skipped it. You know, even if, I'm, <laughs> even if I'm down and it comes on, I still embrace yeah. the darker side of it or something, you know, you can make it fit and uh that wonderful cure away where it never gets old you know yeah eight years and uh a lot of if you're happy years. you get along with the beat and if you're sad you get along with the lyrics it's it's a perfect combination of anything you need so exactly. it, it works as a love song and it works as a uh we've broken up song uh it's and it's the I can't face this day. I'm gonna yep. stay right here in bed. So <laughs> yep, everything you need. Have my own little party here in bed. <laughs> so very cool. Well, thank you so much for hashing it out with me, Chaz. And, Absolutely. Um, you guys for sending in your contributions, and uh, we'll just go ahead and, and light the candles on this little cake here for close to me and wish it another birthday. successful. Uh, 600 and plus whatever plays at live shows i think they can break a thousand in the next few years maybe please (laughs) we'll see where it goes please play 400 more times yes we can do it (laughs) all right guys thanks for listening and uh we'll catch you next time talk hard Going back to Cali, 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 going back to Cali. That always reminds me, that horn part at the very end, listen to it again. It always reminds me of the beginning of uh, Going Back to Cali by LL Cool J. But don't worry, I'm not going to accuse him of uh, borrowing from The Cure either yet. But can't let you guys go just yet because, as promised, we have a few lovely contributions from good listeners like you out there. And uh, it's a wide variety of awesomeness and memories shared from close to me days gone by. So let's kick things off with a quick little snippet from our dear friend Francisco, Patreon member, all-around great human, and his thoughts on close to me. Hello, Holly Hour podcast people and Gavin. This is Francisco uh, recording from Los Gatos, California. We're nearby San Francisco. Over at Patreon, we had a message from Gavin talking about memories from close to me as it's coming to its anniversary and how, how to forget that video of the band members in the closet or in a wardrobe, you should say, and um, playing instruments or fake instruments and falling over a cliff and then finally filling up with water. Um, I just remember (laughs) Robert has these voodoo dolls in his hand and he's playing with them and making the other members move. And and, uh, Simon is um, tied up with guess a light bulb in his mouth i can't remember but i remember seeing that video and just loving the single i got into the cure in the early 90s so therefore i this was already out several years um actually it was when mixed up was released that i really uh got into this song 
I was telling Gavin earlier that I would make mixtapes for different people, friends, girlfriends, and, and I, I think like Gavin, we all received one or were introduced by other people to The Cure, and it was the same thing. And Close to Me was always one of the tracks that I included in my mixtapes. I had a typewriter and I would typewrite into the little paper that would, ins the little insert that would go into the cassette. It was like this really hard paper. It was harder, it was kind of like cardstock. And so it would be a nice addition because it would be all, it would fit. The song would fit, the title of the song and maybe the band would fit. So that was the reason I did it. And I remember that Close to Me just had a very catchy, just very poppy, it had everything, you know, good lyrics, good tune. And uh, it wasn't, you know, too depressive. So I would include it for most of my friends. Um, and I would also include um, songs from Wish album and maybe even from 17 Seconds or even maybe Pornography. But yeah, Head on the Door was a, an album that um, a lot of the people in my generation was their first album. And then followed by Disintegration, which everybody loves, and then Wish. But Close to Me had to be in probably the top songs, was in the top 10 songs for many, many years. And it still is. I, I still listen to it. I actually prefer the remixes and the longer versions of it that are seven, eight, nine minutes long. Because it's just, it's such a good song. I, I, I really just, I'm one of, I, I know I'm the minority here, but I, I do prefer the remixes of the mixed up and the torn up albums. And I play them constantly, at least once a week in my house. It was called The Closer Mix, and it was remixed by Paul Oakenfold and Steve Osborne. That's, I looked it up in the little cover, and that's actually my favorite version of it. And um, that's my, my, my two cents. Thanks again, Gavin, for having the show and putting so much energy and sweet so much information here on this on these episodes i love hearing from everybody and um you know talk hard all right thank you so much francisco always great to hear from you and yeah who could argue putting close to me on a mixtape that might quite possibly be the best cure song to put on a mixtape it's fun it's dark still it's got catchiness it's weird um you know Ooh, that's a good episode topic actually what is the best cure song for a mixtape specifically oh thank you francisco we might have to investigate that further but let's not get sidetracked let's get on to the next contribution this one also comes from a devoted patreon member dana and um hers doubles up as a cure origin tale too so dana writes so i like so like a lot of people in my generation, I first heard of The Cure on MTV. I thought Robert and Lowell were a duo, kind of like Soft Cell, because they were in all the videos. There was no internet and no radio coverage for bands like them, so what information got out was pretty sparse. 
My Bible for discovering lesser-known bands at the time was a copy of Cream Magazine, Guide to Punk and New Wave. The writers had strong opinions and were usually more interested in being funny than educating the populace. Some examples, the definition of wretched is this band, or people with big foreheads like this band. The entry for the cure said, lock up the razor blades. It's a peculiar description for a band that has made lovely, happy, Disney-style love cats a few years earlier. But what did I know about The Cure? It was summer of 1985. My graduation gift was to be either a car or a trip to Europe. That was an easy choice. Everything good in 1985 seemed to be in England, and I figured I'd get a Euro pass and just travel around. There was some family outcry about 17-year-old me doing this. I didn't know anyone on the continent. Cell phones weren't a thing yet. I had never been outside of the U.S. before. So part of the deal was a two-week, if this is Tuesday, it must be Rome, package tour of all the cities of Europe. Almost all the other participants were couples and a few singles of the sort that go on package tours. I spent a good amount of time listening to my Walkman had brought my trusty copy of Mita's Murder and I think a Roxy Music slash David Bowie slash Duran Duran mixtape. Just before kicking off from London, I think my first stop was a record store near the train station. They were playing the latest super hit single, Close to Me, by The Cure. My socks were knocked off. I immediately bought the seven inch single. Remember, I was staying at hostels with just a tiny little bag that wasn't even a backpack. Very sensible. But one problem, I needed to hear the song again, now. So I went back to the store and also bought the cassette, Head on the Door. One more album to listen to while away on the internetless travels with old people. Close to me, the album version, is actually the perfect song for headphones. Music that is so private, it's whispering in your ear and very personal, but also cavernous at times and always different. Even when I don't understand what a Cure song is supposed to be about, I can always see pictures when listening. The head on the door is like that. Every song has a different dimension. Just like that, I had a new favorite band. I came home completely hooked. So the end is not too dramatic. I had to wait until I got home to hear the mysterious B-side, A Man Inside My Mouth. Over time, I tracked down all the other Cure albums and trawled the music magazines for word of new music and tours. I joined other voices and made a bunch of pen pals and made a lot of Cure-inspired drawings and a lot of Cure-inspired friends. Eventually the internet and thus more friends and more chances to see shows. But even today, they are for me the perfect band for sitting alone in the dark listening through headphones. And a side note, I just looked up 1985cureconcerts.de and discovered that they were playing all over Europe the same time I was there. Irony, huh? I didn't get a chance to see them until the next year when they played the U.S. Thank you so much, Dana. That was awesome. Talk about visuals in your mind and picturing everything. You 
And the picturing that also wonderfully well, it was like the uh, Cure version of Before Sunrise. So let's go over to our last contribution. We have another one from another awesome Patreon member, Tim. And uh, he writes in, My wife and I's origin story is related to this amazing song. The year was 1993, and I was a junior in high school. I played guitar in the school jazz band, and we had a very cool band director who decided to give us Close to Me, the closest version, with all the sweet horn parts. After our debut of the arrangement at a school recital, a freshman girl with long dark hair parted in the middle approached me. She was wearing a long flowy dress with bright green Doc Martens. I was mesmerized. It was as if the gods of grunge had delivered me an angel. Anyway, she walked up to me and asked if I had written the solo myself, to which I replied, yes I did. She shook her head and said, that song is perfect without any guitar solos. You really butchered it. My jaw dropped and my heart leapt. I was in love. Fast forward 25 years and a couple failed marriages and we reconnected. We like to think our mutual love for the cure was the force that brought us together. We're now happily married with a three-year-old daughter and just saw The Cure together for the first time in May. She's also a big part of my Cure origin story, which I'll write up for you in an email when I get a chance. It's a real doozy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tim. I definitely look forward to hearing that origin tale. It already sounds amazing. Uh, again, I'm visualizing this whole Amazing Cure movie. And um, yeah, and anyone out there too, I'm stockpiling quite a few good written up origin tales. If anybody wants to write or submit them in, send them in. We'll, we'll do a whole episode of write-ins. All right, again, a very special thank you to Tim, Dana, Francisco, Tom, and all you guys that commented on Instagram. And, of course, Chaz for kicking the conversation off with me. Let's wrap this thing up with some praise for the Patreon. They make all this magic of the Holy Air podcast possible with donations and support. If you think you might want to join them, please go to patreon.com slash the Holy Air podcast and check out the details. See if it's a fit for you. We'd love to have you just like Donna, Craig, Jeff Hilton, Jeff Cortland, Jones, Sue, Ben, John, Alan, Allison, Dion, Namisi, Matt, Danny, Coulter, Matt Ford, Tom Johnson, Tom Burns, Letty, John Roberts, Francisco, Jason, Craig Bellinger, Amber, Nicholas, and Jessica. And in addition to all these wonderful people, we also have Tim when he's not out putting unnecessary guitar solos into Cure Songs. He's helping run New Waterloo, a company that owns and operates five lovely hotels, the South Congress Hotel in Austin, Texas, the Waymores in Nashville, Tennessee, the Revival in Baltimore, El Capitan in Merced, California, and the Albert in Fredericksburg, Texas, coming in 2024. Then there's Scott Kruger, also known as Scott Solo, over at the Sarlacc Digest, the coolest Star Wars podcast in this galaxy. 
Even if you venture into the world between worlds, you ain't going to find a better podcast than the Sarlacc Digest. So catch them live every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube or the replays everywhere you listen to podcasts. And while Dana was spending time just riding around on trains in Europe being cool as shit listening to Head on the Door, she was also, no doubt, honing her skills to become an amazing motion designer and animator. Now if you need someone like her to create some animation to promote your business or project, all you have to do is check out her work at graphics.tv, that's graphics with an X, .tv, and get in touch with her. And if all that art talk has you craving more Cure Art, Kate from CureThreads.com fame can surely hook you up. So go check out some of her original Cure-inspired artwork on prints and clothing and a wide range of products over at CureThreads.com. And also check out Kate's project Cure Arts Collab on Instagram. It compiles all kinds of Cure fan art. They just put out a batch of art celebrating Perry for his birthday and just announced the other day that uh, there will once again be Cure October or Cure Tober as it's called where you can create art based on specific Cure songs every day of the month. All mediums and all levels are welcome. Just post and tag at Cure Arts Collab with your art. So be sure to follow Cure Arts Collab on Instagram to anticipate the countdown of Curetober. Lisa recommends you check out Dickens up in Calgary that hosts all kinds of great shows and events. Go to DickensYYC.com and you can find out all about the upcoming shows, including heaps of cool trivia nights and themed dance nights. And you can also follow them on Twitch at DickensYYC for all live streaming action. And while you're at it, if you're further down south, as in Little Rock, Arkansas, be sure to swing by Club Nevermore and get the full goth experience. Visit clubnevermore.com for upcoming event info and tell them Jessica sent you. And if you're looking for a new podcast, be sure to check out Chaz's other show, The Excommunication Station, where he, Donovan, and Chrissy do their very best version of church chat. Yes, they talk about growing up in the church. No pastor is safe on that show. So go check it out everywhere you listen to podcasts. And finally, for us, subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Like our Facebook page and check out all the extra tidbits that go along with every episode. And follow the Holy Hour Podcast on Instagram to be in the loop. Feel free to email me at gavinconnor at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. Or if you want to submit and type up any kind of Cure Origin story, that's a good place to just send it on over. Hopefully catch you real soon with some scoop on the Riot Fest. And for all you in attendance out there, hope you are having a blast and being safe. We aren't jealous at all. No, no, of course not. So go put on close to me. Enjoy any version of it. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Talk hard. <laughs>